Hello, fellow listeners. Welcome to Food for Thought, where we inspire you to think and feed you knowledge that can be applied to your everyday life. And I'm your host, Juan Cruz. And today we have Iris Morales, which is here. So Iris, uh, Iris is my cousin. And I'm actually I'm happy to have you here for many reasons, because uh, Iris um, actually has left uh, right now her education. She has left her uh, work. She's left her house uh, to do missionary work. And this missionary work, she's gone off to Turks and Caicos, which is an island within the Caribbeans. And she's uh, teaching at a private school. What's the name of the school? The school's name is Holy Family Academy. So uh, Iris has left it all. And, and this is, uh, for me, this always touches me because uh, when you're willing to leave for education purposes, I think it's always a good thing because nowadays we live in a society where uh, people get paid to do their job and so they, they want to make their paycheck and they want to leave. So I think... When somebody's doing something for free, there's a little bit more passion put behind it because you think, you know, you've, you've made the conscious choice to say, I'm going to go teach for free, which is uh, fascinating. And I think that's a gift of God. But um, w- w- when teachers are getting paid for this, you know, inside their uh, mind, you know, the, the next day they say, all right, well, I'm going to get paid. Let me just do what I have to do, move on, teach the subject that, which I need to teach, get paid, and then leave. So uh, give a little bit of your experience, how it all started, and kind of how you got into what you, uh, where you're at now. So, Okay, so for a long time I have been standing up to, signing up to go to missionary work. And um, this was something that came up through a friend of mine named Stephanie. She's been in the mission for a whole year in Turks and Caicos. And um, it was interesting how everything played out. But in the end, they needed a biology teacher. And as someone who's studying to become a physical therapist, you take a lot of biology classes. So it was pretty interesting. And um, I took, I guess you can say, a leap of faith and decided yes you know automatically because um, this desire really to go on mission and to have this experience Um, but it's a different story to say one thing and then to go there and experience another so um, so what exactly explain to everybody what's uh, how's Turks and Caicos because if I'm not mistaken Turks and Caicos is British territory Right. It's Correct. Not. So yes. they speak English over there. Yes. So what's what's it like over there? I mean, uh, is is everything more expensive? Uh, what's the food? You know, how do they eat over there? Kind of give a little bit of a lifestyle so people can envision what it is that you're going through as we continue on to the story. Okay. So the island is very much under construction. It's uh, very small. Um, they're very much focus on developing, but they have definitely tried to keep their culture. There's a lot of Haitians, a lot of Dominicans, because the island is close to Dominican Republic and Haiti. Uh, So do they speak Spanish? There's Hispanics. Yes, they speak Spanish, but that's... Yes, Creole. They speak Creole. They speak Creole. Yeah. Yep. 
and then how about in regards to um uh, like the food uh, like do they eat do they eat a lot of fish do they have a lot of meats because uh, you know i know sometimes in a lot of these like uh different outer islands they can't get the the cow meat the chicken all that so they tend to move eat a lot more towards the seafoods than you know those so, so what do they eat kind of so i would say the meals that are for Turks and Caicos would be um, the conch shells. That's what they they were able to always um, get, and that's what the island most likely produced because it's limestone. Um, they're not able to, to cultivate a lot there on the island, as well as, um, you know, they're, they're basically... Um, they're not able to do much there. They're not able to grow. They're not able to have all these things. So everything is imported. So it, how about, I mean, when hurricanes pass through, I mean, does that destroy a lot of the land there? Yes. At least the one that, uh, the hurricane that went by last year, it caused a lot of damage, even to the school itself. Flooded? Was there a lot of flooding in the flooding, island? Flooding. Because they don't have a sewer system that's, that works very well, or at least, um, you know, they're still finding ways to be able to, you know, construct and get everything set up on the island. So they technically fall under, under the third world. I mean, how is their electricity? Their electricity is pretty good from what, in, in the sense of what, how I live there as a missionary. But what about like the other people on the island? On average, does do most of the people have electricity, or would you say fifty, fifty, sixty, hundred? You know, I would say if we're talking percentage, seventy-five percent. Seventy-five percent. Seventy-five percent for the people that actually live in in homes where they can have the electricity and everything. Yeah. Now, now, how about the dress? How, how they dress, do they dress, you know, like, if you were to give them a comparison to say, oh, you know, I would say, you know, they dress first world, second world, third world, where do you, where uh, would you categorize them in that sense? Um, I think it depends on the area that you're in there. It would normally fall under second and third in between, because depending on the area, some people live a very poor and humble life there, so... Uh, they basically have what they can afford. They wear flip flops, uh, whatever kind of shirts they can wear, and you know some pants or whatever they they really have. Others, on the other hand, who live we can say in more of a wealthy life, they dress pretty nice. They dress very professional, and also because there's not much there, there's no really no malls to really go shopping or anything. They really depend on importation. So whatever they can, whatever comes, or whenever they leave the island and go to the States or wherever they're visiting other countries, they buy what they can and they bring it to, to the island because it's very expensive. Nice. Well, so, I mean, for all the listeners in Turks and Caicos, because um, we just checked with Iris before um, actually starting this, there's 354, I said, right? 354 yes. listeners of Turks and Caicos. So this isn't a knock on Turks and Caicos. We're just trying to give a little bit of a perspective um, before we start this 
kind of more or less so everybody can grasp the view of what um, Turks and Caicos is like. You know, I, I, I kind of researched a little bit before uh, doing this podcast and I saw Turks and Caicos is beautiful. It looks gorgeous. It really does. So, I mean, uh, the, the, the country itself, the country itself, I mean, I think is, is, is a marvelous, marvelous country. Um, the education um, it has a great education system because I did look up Turks and Caicos and it seems to have a pretty actually high education. United States, I mean, we kind of fall under one of the worst. Uh, if you look at it, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to judge United States because United States is, is the second biggest country in the world. So, I mean, Turks and Caicos is so small. I mean, I think it's smaller than I think the state of Connecticut, if I'm not mistaken, it, it yes. might be like variety, you know, kind of somewhere sort of like, in the same. Yeah. Same and way. so you're talking about uh, a country where it's so huge, where it's 2000 miles, over 2000 miles from one coast to the other coast. So it's kind of difficult to maintain a level, a consistent level of education, which such a big country because it's it's different superintendents, different mayors, different governors different principles, different, you know, so each one begins to vary when you're talking about 2,300 miles from coast to coast. So, but uh, overall, in most parts, uh, the education level is a little bit on the lower end. Connecticut, we tend to be very, very good. But you see this and, and you see how uh, uh, in a lot of third world countries, maybe you're beginning to see this right now. And I see this a lot in like uh, when we went to El Salvador, El Salvador is, 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 an, is a nice country, but you see that the parents are so caught up in education because they, in some way, shape, or form, uh, believe that maybe their uh, children can aspire to what they never got to. And you see this in a lot of developing countries, so second and third world. So for sure, I know Turks and Caicos is not first world. For sure, they're second or third and you see this a lot because uh, what gives, why does a father tell uh, a daughter or a son to educate themselves, to learn, to learn, to learn, in hopes that they can go to a good college, from a good college, eventually get a good job, you know, from a good job. So when you're living in a second to third world country, what begins to happen is, is the people themselves look over and what do they say? In their, in their minds, at least, they think, Ah, we can aspire to uh, the United States, the mentality of United States, because uh, maybe they look over and maybe you've seen this with some of your students. They look over and they think United States is like this beautiful place. It's this amazing grandeur uh, way of living, you know, uh, all that, you know, over there in order for you to be good. You know, the, the there's this mentality of college, you know, the life, the college life here, which is is. I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit, but it's such a lie. I mean, I was looking at some numbers that uh, that was showing only 27% of all of the college graduates that have gone from 2000 and I think 7, 2008 to 2018, only 27% of the college graduates are actually um, with the major that they uh, graduated in are in their jobs. So you're talking about 27%. That means 
you have a 73% that's not even in their workforce. They're not doing anything with their degree. They just letting it off in the back distance, just rot somewhere. And they're working a McDonald's job. So for everybody who's listening uh, from Germany, Egypt, we we were actually looking right now. We have some listeners in Egypt too. So uh, from everybody who's listening, if you have this mentality where you look at United States and you think to yourself, uh, you know, the college life, all the party, um, don't get it twisted. You know, a lot of these kids now, a seventy-three percent is not even doing nothing with their with their college degrees. They're they're after they graduate, you know, they live that college life. They drank, they got high, they did whatever they needed to do, and then they're off working at Best Buy. Uh, they're working in the McDonald's. I mean, there's so many people that I knew that uh, were doing nothing completely. Do you know what the average GPA of uh, of the multimillionaires of the world is? Just for a head, you know, if you had to throw a number and say, what's the average GPA of a multimillionaire? A 3.0. You're actually not too far off. I think it was 2.9. So 2.9 or 2.8. That's a C plus. I mean, they they did a studies, Harvard University, Duke University, and Stanford University, if I'm not mistaken, did a studies following valedictorians. Do you know what valedictorians were doing? They were working a regular day-to-day job. None of them. They followed, um, I think it was 155 valedictorians, right? They did a 20-year study following 150 valedictorians around there, somewhere around there. You know how many of them became big, successful people, bosses, managers? Wild guess. If you had to, if you, if you had to say, all right, out of 150, how many would actually, if you had to take a guess? 15 of them? Zero. Not a wow. single one became a manager, a boss, an owner of a business. Because what is Victorian awarded for, if you think about it? What, is, what, what do they get awarded for? They get awarded for being the best. For being the best at what, though? In their education. If you look at it from a psychological standpoint, they get awarded for being the best that followed the rules. They stayed within the rules, right? So you're being awarded the best because you did all your homework when I told you to do your homework. You followed the rules. You were more or less... Uh, you did a good job being a good boy. You you did everything that I told you to do when I told you to do. What kind of mentality is that? That's the worker's mentality, not the employer's mentality. The boss, the, the big guy, the big guns up top. Big guns tells everybody what to do. So uh, a lot of the entrepreneurs, they they didn't like being told what to do, you know, Um so what did they did? They kind of veered off and they didn't like the, the concept of rules. They wanted to create their own rules. A lot of Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, people told them that the ideas and the concepts in which they had were dumb. They were stupid. Oh, they didn't fit within the conforms of society. No, that's such a dumb idea. So what did they do? They broke the rules of society and created a new rule, right? A new way of thinking, a new form. So... Valedictorians are awarded for uh, confining within the rules of society. So uh, whoever's listening, if you want your child to be valedictorian, 
be very careful. Now, I'm not knocking education. I think education is huge. I think, and you know me, I'm a big, 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 I love to read. I love to learn. I love to study. I love to um, understand things. And it's into, um, I believe that one thing, one, one, edu- one form of learning takes you to the next. And I think between uh, elementary school all the way up until high school, right? That's what you're teaching right now. You're teaching high school students. Yes. So everybody in Iris's class, if you listen to this, it, I think that from elementary school all the way to high school is essential for you to learn these things because these are the bases uh, that you can build on, right? When, when, uh, when you start doing something, you develop further what you were taught, you know, uh, a programmer only takes what he learned in programming in uh, school. And what did he do? He built from the base in which they taught him and he continued to grow. So uh, when when that begins to happen, you you kind of have like a basis in which you continue to grow your education. So uh, I think between those stages, you're taught how to be able to learn. And everything you learn from reading, uh, from writing, uh, math, science are all different things that help you in your everyday life. And you'd be surprised how, how much um, how much it does help you. Like, for instance, one time I was walking. Uh, we have like a trail. There's a trail nearby. Uh, it's called Bluff Point, And you know where that's at. And that trail... Um, Bluff Point is, uh, it's nice, but, you know, when you go off the trail, I don't know if you have, you ever gone off the trail? Yes. So if you go off the trail and you go deep enough into it, you can actually get lost. Mm -hmm. So we actually, I actually went and when I was walking one time, I was walking with one of my friends and we, we, we got off the trail and uh, luckily we started during the daytime so we started like at 11 in the morning but we got lost so when you're walking in the woods it's dangerous because when you're walking straight and every time you have to either take a left or a right to, to move away from a tree you turn in, in like one or two degrees and you don't notice it and you keep and when you keep taking a left or left or left and the left and a little bit of a left you think I'm going straight you're not you're just by a little bit, you're turning just a few degrees every time. Walk, enough, walk long enough, a few degrees turning left every time you walk after an hour into a big circle. So you come back. So we, we saw after an hour that we were coming back to the same spot where there was this big log that had fallen down. We did that turn probably about, I'm going to say, maybe seven times. So we were in the woods lost doing a big circle. And every time I kept telling myself, I'm getting out, I'm getting out, I'm getting out. And I kept telling myself, I'm going to get in front of the tree and make sure I step, you know, step to the right and then step back to the left, looking straight in one direction, just keep doing this every time. And every time, all it would do was extend my circle by just 20, 15 more minutes. So in the end, I got so desperate and I started thinking to myself, oh my God, like, how do I get out of here? And in the back of my head came this one moment where I thought to myself, all right, let's sit down. Me and my friend sat down and we said, how the hell do we get out of here? And we started thinking, 
In school, we learned that moss grows on the north side of trees. So what did I do? I started walking, looking for moss. So wherever there was moss, I kept following in that direction till eventually I got myself out by just following the moss, just going. I put myself in more or less in a map and I said to myself, okay, well, if that's north, this south. I want the trail was technically pointing south, so I, I want to go this way. So I just kept following where the moss, wherever I saw the moss facing towards me, I was like, this is north side, other side is south. But you see simple things like that on your everyday life. And you don't see how it affects you until you go for a job interview. When you're taught, uh, when you have an extensive vocabulary, if you have the option, if the employer has an option to choose uh, one, two, or out of 10 different people, what does your employer do? The employer looks over and maybe you could be the biggest idiot for that job, but he doesn't know that. So he looks over and he sees, okay, this one can articulate their words very well. They sound smart, they speak very fluently, they don't stutter, they look cool. You know what, I'm gonna hire them because we always tend to go with our natural instinct to want to choose the person that from an outer perspective, they look like they would do the job good. But maybe it's the one who stutters or the one who doesn't have an extensive vocabulary who can do the job 10 times better than the one who can speak more, who can articulate his words better. So. From the employer's standpoint, even he looks over at the way you speak and he decides on the way you speak, the way you look, the way you act. But people don't see this, you know, they, so I think the education is, is essential. I think it's essential, essential for somebody who's going from elementary all the way up to high school uh, because it's, it's, it's the base of all your education. But anyways, kind of veering off topic a little bit here, but what what is what is it that you're teaching right now in school? So I am teaching four different subjects. I am teaching religion to my eleventh grade homeroom. I am teaching uh, earth science to my seventh graders. World history and biology to ninth grade. So four different subjects. So you have four different subjects. Yes. So religion. Religion, science, earth science, biology, biology, and world history. Which one's your favorite subject to teach? Biology. Why biology? Because it's very much what I'm interested in, part of the medical field. So it's it's nice to uh, teach something that I'm going to recall that I recall and that you know going back to my foundations. Biology is the foundation, you know, of everything basically. Of, um, the building block of what I'm doing. So. Now, do you have one set classroom? Like, this is my classroom and everybody comes to my classroom to learn? No. Or you have to jump around? We have to jump around, both teachers and students in high school. Do you have your own desk? Yes. Yes, we do. I have my own classroom and everything set up. But since we have to transition, it's a little bit different in the school. Um we have to teach in different classrooms, so we take what we need for that class to the to the next one. Because there's not enough teachers in, like, are, are they constantly looking for new missionaries? Like, do they have enough missionaries, or, it's, or they don't have enough? We get what we need at the moment, basically. Um, the missionaries that we have, we, we get what we need. It's just the dynamic of the school 
and how everything's set up is just how it, it is right now on the movement. So maybe eventually we'll be able to agree on how everything will be set, but since a mission is different, there's always movement. Um, yeah. Now, how how is your religion class, out of curiosity? Just because very, I'm very religious, so how is the religion class? Uh, the, ver- the religion class is very beautiful. It's a... Uh, so religion is taught to all grades all because it's a catholic yeah it's a catholic it's, private yeah. school so in my grade my 11th grade i'm teaching christian morality so i have my book and that's basically what i stick to so we go into christian morality you know the sins consequences who we are but religion is more than that and we know that i mean do most of them believe in god or do some of them kind of go there just because their parents are putting them because of the education, because it's a private school, it tends to have a higher upkeep? Or I, I would say... Um, Does Turks and 50, Caicos 50%. believe? Turks and Caicos is very much a religious country from what I have Catholic, seen. Catholic, Baptist, Christian, or Christian in general? I would say... Um, Christian in general, because there are Catholics, but the, there's just the one church, and Providenciales, and uh, which is the Neocatechumenal Church. No, so a majority of the, the the young kids who get there, they already have the the belief in a God. Period. Yes, because I, from what I've seen, the the island has that spirit. So what happens if do you have you have you come across a student that doesn't believe in God, that he's just like uh, I don't really believe in this. Because my eleventh grade class has been there's sort of a, a class that has been attending this school for so long, they've been molded into sort of already who have in my class that does not believe or you can tell from what I can see. Um. Because everybody else does, is sort of you see a, a peer pressure, kind of a, a difficulty to contradict the others. Because as we know in psychology, if you're in a room full of people that say something, if the, the color on the wall is yellow and you think it's blue, it's a little bit harder when you have eight people that say it's yellow and you're the only one that says it's blue. So, You know what thing is... is I hate I hate how nowadays you know and th- this is this is um this is actually something good is like, is apologetics apologetics helps to be able to uh, persuade somebody in regards to a way of thinking kind of um, helping them right kind of uh, speaking about things and um, I, I I hope I hope that that young boy or girl has the courage to be able to kind of speak their thoughts freely because when those thoughts are flowing freely uh, as a teacher or as students hopefully the students don't bully him and just make fun of him or her you know but they can kind of help them to be able to open up their eyes a little bit as to you know well i think this maybe somebody can correct them and say oh no you know like like for instance um like one that I hear in the barbershop, I think I've told you a lot of the times when people will tell me, 
uh, they'll say all the time, they say, well, aliens had to have created us, you know, something as simple as that. How could there be gods if there's aliens and all this, you know, this big question mark? And I tell people, um, I say, if aliens did create us, let's say aliens did, well, who created them? And then who, all right, let's say another aliens created those, that race of aliens. Well, who created them? And who created, and you can continue this, you know, back and forth in, 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 you know, forever until eventually you get, you have to come to the uh, notion, to the, to the thought that there must have been an eternal, everlasting God. There was just a being that existed since the beginning of time, right? Even when people tell me like the Big Bang Theory, no, the Big Bang Theory is explainable. It's explainable. You can explain it. There's a way to explain the Big Bang Theory. You know, um, I tell them all the time, I'm like, uh, I'm like, uh, do you know what created the Big Bang Theory? People are like, oh yeah, it's an explosion. Do you, but do you, know what caused, do you know what causes an explosion? Well, there has to be something that causes it. Well, so uh, for instance, there's a, we have these glass cups here, right? So, there has to be an interaction. Well, yeah, well, somewhat. So there's, to put it in simple terms, there's this glass cup here. And let's say the energy it takes to hold this glass cup together is a 15, right? And let's say I take um, my cell phone, right? And I throw my cell phone. Let's say to hold my cell phone together, it's, it, it takes the energy of a 10, right? So... Let's say I take my cell phone, right? Because because uh, this cell phone is all atoms, in 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 a microscopic level, you know, even more, you know, in the small molecular molecular level, there's atoms, there's just a whole bunch of little atoms being held together by an energy source, right? By uh, some from some metal from the table of contents, right? So if I take my cell phone and I throw it at an energy level of a 16, right? This is at a level 15. If I throw it at a level of a 16, so one energy level higher than this piece of glass, it creates an explosion. Boom. Because the energy that I threw it at, what it did was it, 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 um, it destroyed the molecular structure of this because it was at a higher energy level, right? So if you take two atoms, the, the theory of the Big Bang Theory, not you more or less kind of grasp that. You could do this with everything. You could do, you could, it could be with a piece of wood. You could take a little pebble rock and throw it at a piece of wood. And as long as the, the energy that you throw the rock at, at that piece of wood is higher, right? The, the inertia energy that you're, you're throwing that rock at is higher than what it takes to sustain all those atoms together. It'll create an explosion in the piece of wood. So... What, what the Big Bang Theory was is that two atoms flew at each other, one, one atom here, one atom there, and they flew at each other at such a fast rate and smacked into each other and it created an explosion that's just a never-ending vastness of space, right? So that makes a lot of sense. So the Big Bang Theory, then it came into the sun and all this stuff, so and so. So I always tell people, okay, the Big Bang Theory is nice. Mind you, I don't know if you know who created the Big Bang Theory, do you know? It was a Christian. So it was actually a, a believer in God that created the Big Bang Theory. A lot of people didn't know that. So the, the Big Bang Theory, I always tell people, I'm like, okay, let's, let's forget that a, a Christian person it created this. Forget that, fine. But 
who brought those two atoms into existence to even be able to fly at each other at such a fast rate, right? Mm -hmm. Like these are the things that, so, but in order for you to even get to these conversations, the people need to have the freeness to be able to say what they want to say. And, and now we don't have that in society where people have the freedom to be able to say, all right, this is, you know, we, we all, we all destroy each other in our thought process. We always say, no, 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 you shut your mouth. You don't say that, you know, and this is the, the, the freedom that's within the, the, the Catholic religion is saying, you know, but, but we speak, we dialogue, we talk because yes. there's fraternal correction. So in a way we help each other to be able to correct. So hopefully in your religion class, that one person hopefully does have the freedom to say what they want to say and the rest of the students can knock them so they don't feel because what happens is if, if, if you don't get to teach them and those students don't help them and they feel deprived and, and, and what they do is they shun their thoughts till one day they can feel free to open them, their thoughts up, they're going to open up to someone who's going to convince them of otherwise. And if they, if they don't know enough and they don't learn enough of what's going to begin to happen is, is that somebody else will convince them of another thought. Somebody else will come along and they're going to tell them something that's a false lie or they're not going to be able to, to pull, put the full perspective on things to be able to enlighten them. So hopefully, you know, let's call him Mark. Imagine if his name was Mark. <laughs> but let's call him Mark. Hopefully Mark... Or, or if it's a girl, Judy, you know, hopefully Mark or Judy, you know, whoever this person is, if you listen to this podcast, be free, be free to say what it is that you feel in your heart. And hopefully Iris can correct, can, can have some fraternal correction in some way, sense or form to open the thoughts. And hopefully the, the fellow listeners uh, can kind of not knock them. But anyway, so the other thing that I did want to ask you on was, um, when it comes to the students, what do you feel right now the, the big thing is in Turks and Caicos as far as peer pressure? The biggest thing in peer pressure from what I see is, <clears throat> is to be the best in a sense of straight A student, just always being the best. That's the pressure that I see because the goal is to go to college or to make something great of yourself, just like you had said earlier. Now, do they do they do they want to leave Turks and Caicos one day? Like, do do you hear that from a lot of them to want to leave Turks and Caicos? Yes. Why do they want to leave? For some, want to leave, and some want to stay. But the ones who do want to leave, why do they want to leave? Because they want to become successful become successful expand in their social environment um, maybe experience new things and see what other countries have to offer them because Turks and Caicos is a bit limited right now you know um, there is much that is left that is needed in, on the island for example the island doesn't have a movie theater it's not very big on the social life. They don't have a movie theater? No. Yo, I would die. 
if I didn't have a movie theater. <laughs> like, I could live under a bridge, but as long as I got a movie theater, I'm like, fine. Like, you know me. I'm a big movie buff. Like, and so am I. Yeah, like, me, me and my wife, Rosalba, we go out on dates, and we make it, like, a badass date. Like, we, we go popcorn, soda, bring blankets, pillows. So... Over here, we have uh, this new luxury theater. And this is like Lazy Boy, right? This mm-hmm. is like some badass movie theaters with the new uh, 4D digital Dolby, Dolby uh, surround sound. I mean, there's like, in order for you to have those new speakers, it's like seven speakers or six speakers on each side. So when you hear horses running in the movie, it actually sounds like the horses are starting from behind you yes. and then they move forward. So if you're sitting in the middle of the theater, it sounds like they run past you. So it's actually a pretty cool theater, but oh man. So what do they do? I mean, like what do they speak about? Like when new movies come out, like where do they watch? Do they watch new movies? Do they know about the new movies that are coming out? They're very up to date, but it's because of social media. But do Constantly they watch shit illegally. So Turks and Caicos, in essence, is breaking the law. Not so breaking the law. So if I were to like call up FBI and be like, "Yo, Turks and Caicos is like, find every one of those fools out there two hundred fifty thousand dollars." Depends which FBI. <laughs> If you ever seen that right like on on when they start movies on yes. dvds it says oh you know privacy notice you can be fined two hundred fifty thousand dollars if you're caught watching this illegally or in some way shape or form yeah or they're or they either buy the movies online so i mean so from what you see here in in america and oh yeah but even if they buy the movies online they gotta wait like a month two months they, later. they have to wait till it's out on dvd or they you can buy it Oh, that sucks, man. Mm-hmm. So, um, what about like clothes and everything? I mean, how do they, in, in like seeing what you see here in America as far as fashion, do you, does it look like they're up to par in fashion or does it look like they're a little bit kind of behind? It, it depends who they are, but it looks like they're very up to par. It sort of um the style can be a little different options are different there because there's not much options are they into jordans nike gucci louis vuitton not really not from what i see so what are they like what's the name brand that's popular out there that is difficult to say just because i would say that those brands are popular but it's not they don't seek it out as much as you would say here. You see, oh, I got the next uh, North Face uh, jacket that just came out. You know, it's not something that is constantly looked at or sought out. Do you think that it's because they don't have the money to be able to afford because it's imported and it costs more over there? Or do you think it's just because they just don't care about it? Because maybe it, the popular kid has never ever chosen to wear that, so it's never become a popular thing. I would say I would go with the second you just said because um, because from what I see, the students in my school, I mean, they spend their entire week wearing uniform. So whatever they wear on when they're out of school, it's going to be something for, you know, warmth, you know, casual or whatever they're going to wear. But it's not something that's looked out for as much as it is here. You know, you, you, all the people who are listening from Turks and Caicos, when you get back there, they're either going to do one of two things. They're going to be like, oh, you represented Turks and Caicos so good. 
or they're gonna be like oh my god iris you totally made us look bad we look like a whole bunch of bums out here no but you know what um it's interesting that we were talking about this whole education thing because um it's funny you 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 look over here in america and you think to yourself um you know what exactly is that puts us i think usa on the map and it's the success and the the sad part is is that the success i i don't believe comes from education and hopefully um so so it's it's both because i don't want people to misunderstand and to think that education is not important i i am yes i am a huge believer in education like you see my books you see everything Mm -hmm. i love to read i'm big on psychology big on sociology i've been huge getting into physics metaphysics i'm real big into all these things lately so Mm -hmm. i'm a big believer in psychology i i cut hair um this podcast i did it because i feel that i can dabble with so many different subjects that i kind of wanted to get different people on here so i'm i'm big on education the the reason why i created this podcast was so that i could give people knowledge that could be applied that that you could take uh that podcast of of romance and love and be able to apply it to your everyday life to stop wasting time you know that you could take uh that time management and 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 look at it from a different perspective you know that I wanted to give people a different view with knowledge that is, is already used. It's, 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 it's given to you and it's never been applied. So I'm a big believer in education, but not in the sense of academia. I believe the education that you receive uh, should be according to what you want to do. And, and I think that's, a, that's the problem with a lot of youth nowadays is that they don't actually know what they want. There's so many people who go into college and they switch. They do six, seven months mm-hmm. and they switch. Six, yes. seven months and they switch because they don't know what they want, you know? And I, yes. And you probably saw this a lot because you went to UConn. Uh, you also went to the local college here. So you got to see a little bit of the the, the big school, the Division One school. And then you also got to see the community college. And now you're also seeing a third, second world country high school. So you're, you you kind of got a little bit of the diversity of different education levels from different standpoints. But I think education doesn't come necessarily from uh, the academia. So just because you learn, you learn, you learn, you know, I, I, there's always fashion trends for education. You know, there's always uh, everybody always wants to be a lawyer, you know, within this decade. Then the decade before that was like doctors. And then, you know, lately everybody now is in, is in uh, physical education, health, uh, nutritionist. Um, it's amazing because they have the craziest degrees in colleges. So one of my friends, and, and you know him, uh, I'm not going to say his name, who he is, because I don't want to get him in trouble. But his job is to collect debts. And to keep you in school and to keep you within a certain debt level so that in turn they can make enough interest on you so that you can uh, stay within school. So they don't want you to pay off your debt, nor do do they want you to maintain massive debt where you can't, uh, um, where, where you get into so much interest that you can't ever pay off your loan. So colleges have people that you you don't know that this is their job but their job is to keep you within a certain level of debt 
so you can you can afford to pay it but they still keep making money off of you constantly 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 this is his job I mean, that's crazy. This is what colleges do. And half of these degrees, there's some degrees that I, I listen to, and I think they're so dumb. Like, on uh, my, I ask some, sometimes some people, what are you majoring? Oh, uh, my major is in uh, corporate sexuality. I'm like, what? What is that? What do you do with that? Where, where do you go with that? Like, oh, human resource. Why don't you just get a job within, like, get a degree within psychology and sociology? That'll work so much better than sexuality and corporate research it's like come on man so i think education uh, it should be according to what it is that you're learning so if you want to be a plumber then educate yourself in a plumber you know if you want to be a physical ed teacher educate yourself there if you want to be um but there's some there's some some jobs that don't even need degrees and people are 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 paying for 40 50,000 so the average tuition for college is about 40 to 50,000 dollars a year or mm-hmm. by the time you finished your bachelor's or bachelor's degree so 40 to 50,000 uh, dollars some people are are paying for their college tuitions on top of that that's 40 50,000 dollars and that's not including the APR that they need to pay the penalties which some or the fees which can turn into 18% if you don't pay it so they'll add another 18% on top of the total interest. Uh, you know, so uh, the, these are, are um, anyways, they, these are the, the payments that they, they, they have to make for their tuition. And imagine they're paying $40,000, $50,000, and they have a job that can't even make their loan payment because they got themselves into a forty fifty thousand dollar tuition, but the job that they got into for this forty fifty thousand dollar tuition doesn't even uh, give make them enough money to be able to pay their own tuition. Yeah. Does that make sense? I yes. Mean, this is a problem. This is a yes, massive problem within the United States. And it is a huge problem, and I see that a lot. I saw that a lot with my colleagues. A lot of them. Um, they ended up not even working in whatever they studied, whether some of them might have studied music, majored in music, and went in depth with music. Um, and then they end up not even working that. They end up working at a clothing store as a manager. Oh, my God. And there's no way, there's no way from that you can afford to pay your loan. I mean, from a clothing store manager you can't afford to pay your loan there's no way i mean you could but you'd have to live with mom and dad for the next 10 years to be able to pay that debt off and because it takes up so much of your it take up to a third of your monthly income and then you'd need another third to be able to pay for your your insurance and your car and then what are you going to do with the rest you know food gas miscellaneous payments you wouldn't have enough to pay yourself the rent i mean that's ridiculous i mean this but anyways another what another thing that i did want to ask you about was homework how do you guys do homework out there so that is depending on each teacher and whatever subject it is that you're teaching do you give a lot of homework so i am not one of the teachers that give a lot of homework because i am i do not believe that stressing out students and giving them a load of homework is going to help them advance educationally. On the other hand, instead of thinking about the problem set or anything that I have them do in class, critical thinking, 
bringing homework home sometimes what that will do instead of thinking about the problem or uh, whatever their the subject that is that we're doing they stress about getting the homework done and, and just maybe we'll do a messy job just to get the work done and then just turn it in the next day because if I'm being honest I myself as a student that was a struggle that balancing time balancing oh I, I just need to get this done that's it I just need to turn this in so do you do you give them homework yes but not con- consistently so you give them like what like homework like once every I'll give them two days I'll, I'll give them homework basically once a week depending on the subject depending on the subject and how advanced it is for example uh, world history or biology is more subjects that is a lot of a lot of ground to cover because it's very important for the rest of their education. So, I will probably give them homework twice, twice a week. Now, will it be week. homework like, say, for instance, that it's like um, you have, let's say, you have an essay to do or something or some studying or some project, and it you have four days to be able to complete this homework, or is it like I'm giving you this homework today, I need it by tomorrow? That it will be that I give them about a couple of days to get it done. Because usually when I give homework, it's something that's more extensive. An essay that they need to complete. I'll give them a week to do it because I want them to do it very well. Or a project or any of those grants. If See, it's- I agree with that. I 1,000% I, I agree with being able to do your homework within a certain amount of an allotted time because it allows you to be able to um, learn. Because you're constantly filling yourself with this process of thought and you take a break and you walk away from it and then you come back next day and you're able to absorb those 15 to 20 minutes of homework truly like learn it learn it it's actually a study that was done by duke university that uh if you have if the students have within an hour and a half of homework daily that includes your whatever school for science history math biology sociology psychology who knows whatever it is in high school by the time they hit 12th grade they should be having between an hour and a half to two hours total 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 to have the maximum level of learning anything beyond that it's not retaining so uh uh the hippocampus you know what that is Mm -hmm. the hippocampus can only retain that much Outside of this, uh, well, for whoever doesn't know, hip, the hippocampus is um, is the part of the brain. It's like the lower, think of it like the lower floorboard level of your brain in which it can retain uh, memories and allow you to be able to process something, right? More or less, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. So um, the hippocampus can only do up to within that age group between an hour and a half to two hours of learning because and, and that's outside you, you, you that's not included that's uh that's including taking a break from school because by the time you've hit you know that l- end of the school day those last 15 to 20 minutes kids aren't learning anymore you know that the average study showed that kids are not learning in the last 15 20 minutes so whatever class uh the high schoolers have at the end of the day they're not learning in the last 15 20 minutes they don't care no more they've shut their brain off it's i'm done 
Even after lunch, you already see it. Oh, yeah. And especially if you eat more than two fist size full uh, worth of food, I mean, you get tired. You get that um, that groggy feeling afterwards because what happens is um, when you're... So for the human body to be able to... Uh, you probably know this. Uh, to... to, to uh, efficiently work it just needs a fist size of food so because mm-hmm. your stomach is only the size of your fist right more or less if i'm not mistaken i think about there probably a little bigger yeah so it needs about a fist size to two fist size fulls of full of food anything outside of that your body is working is overworking just to be able to digest the food so the energy that is within a human being is uh, you don't notice it, uh, but Andrew Whale was talking about it, and he was saying how how much your organs are working like crazy, and it's using so much energy to be able to digest all of that food, so you get that groggy feeling. So mm-hmm. whoever eats only about a fist size to two fist size full of food, you still have energy to be able to work. You don't mm-hmm. feel that oh my god, I want to go to sleep, I want to pass out. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Anyways, that's why they get that that feeling. Maybe some of those kids are probably like shoving like three fistfuls size of food in their mouth. Mm-hmm. But anyways, also so, depending on what they're eating. Yeah, depending also. Yeah, imagine eating all those like oily foods, chips, sodas. If they have that, I don't know if they have that over there. But anyways, mm-hmm. so. Uh, but anyways, the, the 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 best time to be able to learn. Do you know when the best time is to be able to learn? I would say. The second class. Well, from from Around. the day you from the mo- from the second you wake up to the second you go to sleep. Do you know when's the best time to be able to learn something and be able to wake up and it be right in the at the top of your head? I would always say in the morning. You positive? Well, at least that, that's always been my thought process. So no, it's actually nighttime right before you go to sleep. Because when you go to sleep, what happens is they did a studies and they showed when you go to sleep, the last thought that's in your head, it gets repeated back to back. So they actually showed a studies yes. where they put some wires. Who knows? I don't know what it's called. I don't you're know. actually, yeah. Yes. Your, your, your brain, as it's going, as it's sleeping, it's repeating the same motion. So if, say, for instance, you were studying mathematics and the, the motion on the sensors was So when you go back to sleep, that same motion begins, it's your brain begins to repeat the same thoughts over and over, and it does the same exact frequency vibrations. And when you wake up, you wake up and you're like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go back at it. So the best time to sleep so that your brain can go to sleep thinking about that thought last, and then in your dream, in your subconscious, you're repeating this thought over and over and over and over and over. That's why if you tend to think about food when you go to sleep, if you have a nightmare, it's probably going to be like some cheeseburger running after you and french fries <laughs> trying to eat you. You know what I mean? Because that's the way it is. That's the way that like the, the thought process works. So the best time to actually be able to learn is right when you're passing out. Like in the last two hours, not, not, not when you're, when your brain is like dead, but when you're, when you're going to sleep. Mm-hmm. So, and, yes. and, and sleep is, is a huge thing. So if you're, if you're tell you, very important, tell your, your students, you know, Hey, listen, like before, if you want to take a test, you want to ace the test. The key things to do is, uh, sleep well, 
Eat well. Eat well. Study. I forgot what the other thing was. There was one other thing in there too. Study, but not cramming. Oh Stu- yeah. Studying by knowing how you learn. That's one thing I always tell my students. Know how it is that you learn. Because we always learn and everyone works in different ways. Everyone learns in different ways. So they, every student, that, that has always been my goal, is to make sure that each student find, finds the way that they learn best. Because book work might be different for one student for them to memorize it than the other one. Someone is better visually to see the problem, to see what's going on. Or maybe um, an analogy or relating the, the work to their life. It, anything like that. Yeah, so th- there's, I think there's three or four different ways of learning. There's um, reading. So uh, then there's practical work. And then there's hearing, hearing, and then there's seeing. So there's four different ways of learning. So, but it, it, it's fascinating. I was, that, that's why I was curious to ask you about that, about the whole, how do you do homework? How does this work? How does that go? Um, did you know that our education in the world, right? Mm-hmm. United States, but more or less everybody has fallen along the same path too. The average SAT score for critical reading in the 70s was at a 530. Do you know what it is now? I have no idea. 494. That's a huge drop. So that means the average kid has a, a way lower reading level than a kid from the 70s. I mean, that's a little bit disappointing. I'm ashamed of my generation. Come to think about it. But it's because of our resources. Like, what do you mean? What? Technology. Oh, I the hate. distractions of t- technology. Do your kid? Do, do your students have technologies? Like, do they have cell phones in their classrooms? Most of them do. I mean, do they you... do not pull out their cell phones in class because that's not allowed. But they do have their own cell phones. They have laptops. You know, the ones that can have it, can afford it. But so they can have some of the some of the kids have laptops in their classrooms. They have it. They bring it with them because they have online classes. Because we, we offer that. So what about the other kids who don't have laptops? They borrow from the laptops that we have for the, from the school. Oh, man. But, I can't believe that they give laptops out now. You know the school that we went to? You know that they all get laptops going right into freshman school? Like, as freshmen, they have laptops. That's their computer all the way until 12th grade. Yes, but they take it with them at home. The difference is the difference is that there we have um you know, they're not new nice laptops. They're pretty old. They're the old ones, the basically the first laptops that started coming out. Um I guess you can say. They're not the, like bricks, are they? And <laughs> they're not bricks, but they're, <laughs> <laughs> they look like those um operational laptops that the military uses oh my god those things are horrible those are the laptops that we have but those those are the ones uh, are they the ones that like you click on something you gotta wait like 20 seconds for it to load well that depends on the speed of the internet usually it's pretty good but what about like i'm saying like say if it's microsoft word it's just an app within the laptop sometimes yeah oh my god 
poor kids. But it's, you know, it's... Is what you have to work with in yes. the school. Yeah. So, um, but they also have new computers, desktop computers, which are uh, Apple computers. Oh, so in that sense, they're way better than here in these schools because they're still running on like, you know, from 2007 uh, computers in the laboratories that they have in the schools here, technically. So they're yes. better in that sense. I mean, they, here there's more availability in, in whatever there is, but over there it's not much, I guess you can say. They have those, but it's not much. Sometimes things don't work. But anyway, they what they do is that they use a laptop in the hour that they have their online class. But they do not take the laptop home from the school. And the kids who have their own laptops, they do well, on, yes, on their they own do, laptops. They do what they do with their laptops. That's theirs. Damn. It's crazy how the education systems... Like, when you got there, was it a shock? Were you like, wow, this is completely different from the schools over there? Yes. Like, were you telling them, like, over there, it's different. It's like this, like that. Like, Or do you try not to get them all, like... Does that depress them to know that things are so completely different? I have not been able to see if they're depressed. But they do know the difference because of the experiences that I will tell them or other teachers have told them. Um, but I also see that they're, because of they haven't had everything, in a sense, handed to them. They've had to work hard. Uh, it's been difficult at moments. They're very on top of it, in a sense of very smart, very book smart, and um, you know, able to find ways to capture information. Yeah. Wow. Well, I really hope that you know education in general can. Um, a, a lot of people were asking me about education um, for this this podcast. Some of the people who were um, who who listened to me, they always asked me about it. They're like, "Oh, you should, you know." And, and I was trying to get somebody as far as education, but I didn't want because you hear we we hear this the perspective of America constantly, and I think we take it for granted how well our education system is even the worst education system here in america is still uh, when you look at it it's still pretty decent it's still not that bad I, I just think that americans don't take advantage of it so i didn't want to give the perspective of the education system and how bad uh the education system is and maybe the teachers the principals and the people that they hire but in in the sense of how we look at it because uh, me and Rosalba were talking and we were saying the education system is really in essence the I think comes from the core of the family so if there's a lot of depression and fighting and problems within the family the student brings that and can't concentrate in school because in turn he's uh, blaming I can or, agree. Uh, yeah, you know, they, they, they bring that baggage to the class and then that baggage is weighing them down. So in turn, they can't stop to listen to the teacher because in their thoughts, they're listening to the fight or the problem that happened in at home. You know, in Americans, a lot of the parents and Americans blame the education system, the public system, 
And I don't think it's so much that, you know, because you look at other countries that don't have the resources that we have and somehow they're learning. And, and you know, you, you do some research as far as the teachers in different countries and third world countries. And it's not so much that they that they know a lot. Uh, it's more than anything that the 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 students are intaking it so well and i think it has to do with that with the families american families are some of the most destroyed families in the world usually a lot of the first world countries have the most destroyed families and i put that in essence to money the connection with first world and third world um or or, or the the one thing that's in common is that all the first world countries that have the destroyed families are have money because that's that's why they're developed countries because they, they've they had the infrastructure, the manufacturing, and they had the money to be able to be developed to the point that they're at right now. So uh, I think money is the cause of, of the destructions of a lot of the families. And, and you go to Turks and Caicos where maybe the families are not so worried about money like uh, Americans are. You know, we, 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 money runs us. In America, M- money uh, uh, bends our will and shapes our decision to our everyday life to be able to do what it is that we uh, think in some way, shape or form, quote unquote, what we want to do. But it doesn't. Yeah. I-, I mean, it shouldn't. So you see that the education system, I think, is better in other places because of that here in America. Parents blame, like I said, the system, but it's not them. It's it's the parents. It's the parents themselves that are, are living in a destroyed home and, and 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 are bringing in problems or baggage into their families that they can't necessarily fix. And so, in turn, that that child brings that problem back to his his school. And since he brings it back to school, he's not able to learn. Since he's not able to learn, it's, it's just. It's a vicious circle, I think. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's amazing how how much the core of a family can affect a child from education to depression, psycho in a psychological way and in mm-hmm. a sociological way. I think so. I I agree, and I can tell you that a lot of the teachers can agree with you. Why? Because you, you you like the, a lot of, you you and a lot of the teachers will talk together, and you'll you'll find out. Yes, we we will talk to each other and um, sort of see what our struggles are as teachers and what we have difficulties with and what we see also in students and how we want to better their education. Because there is always thinking, oh, we don't have resources, we don't have this, we don't have that. But in reality, um, there's always a way. Like um, the principal of the school, she's been a teacher the principal right now, she's been a teacher for 11 years there in Turks and Caicos. She saw the school grow from just being primary to high school. And she told me that to teach the phases of the moon in science, what she did was use Oreo cookies because she had nothing else. And then she made education fun through that. And they were able to not only learn, but they also got a cookie at the end of it. <laughs> eat their cookie. So it's just... It's not only that, it's also what the students experience and what they bring from home. If they have a lot of problems in their home, you can definitely see it in school. Yeah. 
can like because because i think about that all the time i'm like how is it that africa india where the resources are the worst yet these kids know everything that our kids should know i mean it has nothing to do with paper it has nothing to do with printer it has nothing to do with uh textbooks it has nothing to do all these teachers you know you hear it constantly in documentaries that they make and i think about it all the time i'm like it has nothing to do with that textbook. They're like, oh, our textbooks have duct tape on the back of them and we can't. Like, that That will build a stronger character in the students yes. to have crappy textbooks. You know, it'll bring, it'll, it'll build more appreciation in them, mm-hmm. if anything. But but we've, we've grown in a society where we're so fragile. We're, we're like glass in, in, in our characters that we can't say anything. We can't do anything mm-hmm. because, oh, you know, the, the kid will be destroyed. No, if he grows up with a textbook that has duct tape on him or a computer that's so slow, uh, you know, our, our child, is they're not going to have a great success story. They're not going to be successful people in the world. And that's not true. I, I don't believe that at all. You know, not the, true at all. I think, I think the, the problem comes in when a family is, like I said, is, is just so destructive that that child is depressed. And in turn, he goes back to his, I guarantee you, if you ask, if, if you were to ask each one of your students that are failing, why they're failing, if you were to find out, sit down and just talk with them, I guarantee you every single one of them has problems at home. And he's going to tell you that my mom and my dad fight or, or the day that they weren't listening or, or, or my, my dad isn't around and my mom has to work and I do whatever the hell I want. And you see, maybe that the mom has to work all the time because the father left and in turn, there's no structure in the home, and the mom comes home at nine, and who knows? Who knows what the story is? But I think it has to do a lot with the core, the family, and how they're raised, and how they think, and who, and and and, and the character that's instilled into them by their parents. So, huh. but yeah, but um, it was good to have you here. Like I appreciate. Hopefully, Turks and Caicos feels like you represented them good, and they're not ashamed of you i i hope so too i hope i'm not uh beat up when i get over there <laughs> like, no but i i'm uh i have to say it's a very beautiful island and um it is an island in progress but the reality of living there and vacationing there are two different stories so if you vacation there you'll experience something completely different which is the beautiful resorts and everything that it has to offer scuba diving sharks in the water all those beautiful things like well if you could if you could in some way allow your students to see something that could change the reality in which they live in right now if you could say something to them if you could do something for all students now being a teacher what would it be like how would you how what would you say to help them I would say, um, speaking as a teacher that wants the students to, to persevere, is to not be caught up in being the best, but... Educationally? Educationally. But to focus on who they are, know who they are, and find out what they truly want. Because whatever they're passionate about, they will be successful in. And I think you can personally testify to that. Because when you really are passionate about something, 
I've always, I've always seen this and I've always said it. You can be passionate about being a janitor and you can be the best janitor out there and you will be successful. I mean, that's just an example. I, I agree. I, I 100%. I, I know, I know College that. College isn't everything. Education, like you were saying, is not everything. Because there are people who do not even go to college and become huge, successful, incredible people that have changed lives all around them. So it's not about that. It's about being finding out what you're passionate about and not get lost in being the best. Yeah, like uh, I think people sometimes mi- uh, misconceive knowledge is power. Yeah. I think knowledge is power, but not academia knowledge. Mm-hmm. I think knowledge is power in far as, as far as how you use your knowledge for your everyday life. Exactly. You know? And that's where the knowledge becomes power, but not just random knowledge that you're never, ever going to use in your life that you don't even know why you're doing it. You're just doing it because everybody's doing it. You know, you're following, you have the mob mentality where mm-hmm. everybody's doing it. Let me do it. So, and I agree with that. You know, everybody used to tell me you're not going to make money as a barber. You're not going to be able to do this. And I opened up my own business I'm successful. Things are going good. And I'm cutting hair. Something very mm-hmm. simple, but I'm great at what I do and clients follow me. And it's because I have a passion and I do what I do and I love to do it. Mm-hmm. So I 100% agree with that. Find out what it is that you love to do and do it. N- education is a great thing. Uh, I think from, like I said, from elementary all the way to high school, it's essential that you learn everything Mm -hmm. because that's the base of the rest of your learning if you don't learn that basis if you don't learn how to read an example you don't learn how to read first grade reading level second grade reading level third grade reading level when it comes to you wanting to learn on your own to to continue to develop your own knowledge within the category that you're in let's say if it's a plumber and you need to learn how to who knows be able to learn the coding to to build a house you know you have to read and the complexity of that reading level is high you can't Mm -hmm. stay at a first grade reading level or a second grade reading level you have to have grown within your reading to be able to get to that point Mm -hmm. vice versa with math with science learning your body learning something as simple as what causes a fire you know how to put out a fire you'd you'd be amazed how many people don't know how to put out a fire you know Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, like this one lady um, I don't know if it was in California Texas I don't know where it was that the house was burning and the first thing she does is go and open up a window I mean if there's a fire you don't want to give more oxygen to that fire because oxygen makes the fire even bigger so the first thing she does is go and open up all the windows so oxygen enters in turn making the flames even bigger I mean, something as simple science would have told you, keep the windows closed because it needs to, 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 to suffocate itself because mm-hmm. the fire itself will eat up all the oxygen in the air and turn, you know, uh, sh- uh, 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 shutting off that fire. So just simple things like that, that, that I tell people, I'm like, you don't understand how much from elementary all the way to high school, how essential it is to learn these things. But I think beyond that, 
I think there's just some things it's just crazy. Like when parents want their kids to take trigonometry and the kid doesn't want nothing to do with engineering or anything like that, mm-hmm. there's no need for trigonometry. I took trigonometry class. Ask mm-hmm. me if I remember anything on trigonometry. Probably nothing. I have nothing. I don't remember anything. When am I going to need to know, you know, the if the weight of a train and how fast the train is going and the resist the wind resistance to the train and the friction on the wheels to the railroads and if I leave at seven o'clock and how long would it take for me to get there, you know, and, and by what time would I get there? At what speed would I need to be going at? That's trigonometry. When the hell do you ever need to know? Like, what the hell do I care? All I need to know is that I need to leave two hours early so I can make it to New York by this time. And if there's traffic, I'll add another hour of traffic. That's all I need to know. I don't need to know how much my tires weigh and the friction. And these are dumb things, you know, unless you're an engineer, there's no need. So so that's what I mean. Know what you're learning, where you want to work, what you want to do and base your knowledge on that. Yes. Because it's impossible for you to know everything. Correct. It's, It's impossible. You know, the, a wise man understands that it's impossible for him to know everything. A foolish man thinks he knows it all. Yep. So, anyways, thanks for coming on to this podcast. Everybody who's listening to this podcast uh, uh, from Turks and Caicos, don't kill Iris when she gets back there. <laughs> as soon as you go, you get there, they're going to be like, you! You represented us wrong. <laughs> so... Uh, Thanks, Iris, for coming along, doing the podcast uh, as far as education. So um, I hope you were able to see education, whoever's listening, from a different perspective, not just from America. Uh, I think education is whatever you're going to give your child as far as love. Maybe you're not the smartest person in the world, but all you need to do is build a healthy environment, uh, a good environment for your child to feel safe and secure that he goes to school confident, love, knowing that he's loved by his mother or by his father, um, so that in turn, um, he can listen in school. He can have the confidence to feel that he has a purpose to continue living, to grow up, to, to a right to feel successful. So uh, with this, uh, um, I will say, everybody who's listening, if you want to share this podcast with somebody, Post this up on Facebook uh, on the link. Um, who knows? Uh, record it on Instagram in some way, shape, or form. Uh, share this with somebody. Uh, you'd be surprised how many people are listening to this podcast. I'm sorry that I haven't been able to get onto this podcast sooner. I know it's been like about a month and a half since I, l- I did the last podcast, but I've had a child. So you actually heard, uh, I don't have a professional studio. So you heard my daughter in the background crying my wife was trying her hardest to keep her silent but uh you see that all of this with everything that's happening i i hope that all of you can share this because there's so many people that have told me one uh this has changed the way that i think this has changed the way that i've begun to live my life this has changed everything um uh, i've sure i've shared this with different people so this is my hope for this podcast is that you can take what it, uh, you hear and that you can apply this knowledge to your everyday life. This is why I say what I say in the beginning of the podcast. Uh, so share this with somebody, post it up somewhere, email it to somebody, uh, 
who knows, take clips of it. Uh, I know a lot of people have done that. They've taken clips, recorded them, and then sent them off to their friends. So if there's something in here that you learned that you want to share to somebody, share it. Subscribe to the podcast. So subscribe. Hit that subscribe button and make sure that you're part of this. So in turn, you'll know all the new updates, all the new um, podcasts, the new episodes that I put out. So, uh, my friends, thank you for listening. Thanks, Iris. Thank you for having me here. So, uh, until next time, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Hope to hear from you soon. Uh, if you have any comments, anything that you liked, anything, suggestions, put it down on the comments and I will pay no attention to it. Talk to you later. Bye. So until next time, God bless.